As a business owner, you will have many decisions to make that are filled with discomfort and uncertainty. How can you increase your chances of making good choices when you're filled with doubt, unconsciously overconfident, or facing a very unpleasant situation? How can you teach your leadership team good decision-making? In this series, we're taking a look at how you can make more effective decisions and how to go about teaching your company leaders how to make good decisions. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So this is part three of three in our series on decision-making. I would invite you, if you haven't had a chance, to go back and listen to the first two. We've talked about how failure happens for a number of reasons, including failure to act or failure to act on time, acting without forethought, or making emotional erratic overcorrections, not following through, not following up, uh, and having how having a solid known decision-making process can help overcome this. Most people in leadership roles are not naturally good leaders. This takes conscious, deliberate effort to make improvements. And we also need to have an objectively um, known path or process or recipe, if you will, for making a decision so we can teach our leadership team to make decisions so we can trust them to make decisions, so we can delegate decisions to them, so we're not the bottleneck and we can go away for a weekend or a week and take a vacation or um, grow the company and focus on things that are not operationally centric. You know, we can we can do things that we've, once we can delegate decisions to people, we can do other things to help grow the company in a way we can't if we're tied to making every mundane decision. We can't delegate decisions if we don't trust people how to do it. And in order to be able to trust people how to do it, we want to teach them a methodology to use. So this is my, my methodology. You don't have to use this one. I would just encourage you to have a process for making decisions, that one that you know is likely to uh, yield good results. We need to uh, we need to be what could be we need to be what doing what could objectively be defined as making good decisions. And to do that, we need to have a consistent pattern or process we follow so we don't forget things. We don't overlook things. We don't exaggerate things. We don't diminish things unnecessarily. We, we, we want to have balance. We want to be doing things that are predictably going to be more likely to produce good results. And we want to do things in a way we can teach other people so we can trust their abilities. And more importantly, so our employees will trust them. We got to have leaders. We got to be developing leaders that the employees will trust their ability to make good decisions. And one of the ways we can do that is by teaching them a process to follow. So in the previous two episodes, we've covered step one, objectively assessing the qualifications of the decision maker. Step two, determine specifically what the desired outcome is. Step three, objectively assess where we are today. Step four, determine the criteria or decisions to be made upon. Step five, identify available options to achieve the desired outcome. Step six, weigh the options and make a decision. So now we're on to step seven. And bef- what this is, is now we kind of get into, we're going to talk about the process improvement um, cycle, if you guys have ever heard of that. That's really more of a manufacturing thing. We're going to talk about that. But step seven is 
before we implement this thing, but we've made a decision which option we're going to go with before we actually roll it out, we, before we roll out the initiative, before we set go to, to work improving our sales close rate from 86% to 94%, before we do that, we want to identify milestones for when we will assess how well this plan is working. And those milestones can be based on a number of different things. Could be time. We could say, we're going to assess our progress or effectiveness in 90 days. Or we're going to publish our results every week. Or, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this for a while, uh, you know, six weeks and then see how we're doing and reevaluate and then either continue or make alterations at that point. Sometimes it'll be based on spend. Sometimes it'll be based on money. We'll evaluate the quality of the leads we're getting after we spent $10,000 in this marketing campaign. That might be a milestone where we're going to stop and assess how well things are going. Could be training. Could We could say, hey, we're going to train our top three performers on this and assess how well our training went and how, how good it is and how well they learned. And then we'll decide if we're going to roll out that same training to the rest of the team or if we're going to make some alterations. So these are the kinds of th- milestones we want to talk about before we implement. We got to tell ourselves, when are we going to stop and review this? When are we going to stop and check this? This is critical. We got to identify why we decided on this milestone. If we don't do this, we could forget relevant factors as we experience discomfort later on, and we're going to make emotional knee-jerk uh, corrections, which are likely to be overcorrections. We got to have a plan where we say we know we here's we're, we're putting objective uh, uh, qualifiers or milestones in place. We know when we're going to stop and look at this thing. If we don't do that, and you see that you've spent eighty-seven hundred dollars or $15,000 on your marketing campaign, and it's not producing any results, you're going to panic. That's just the way it is. But if you say, I'm going to spend $10,000, I'm going to spend $10,000 and say, then we're going to, going to assess it. You won't have that panic. You won't have that emotional turmoil building up in, your, in yourself, and you won't be making these wild overcorrections. Again, overcorrections are lateral moves and keep us from making progress towards our goal. So my process, my decision-making process, this whole 10-step thing I'm sharing with you over these three episodes is showing you the places I put buffers in. I put like bowling alley lane bumpers in place to keep me from making wild overcorrections. That's my entire goal with this thing is to uh, think through the decision and be confident with it so I don't make these wild overcorrections. So if I can't effectively do this thing, this this identifying milestones for when we're going to assess, then I gotta, I got to ask myself, Maybe I should go back and look at step one. Step one is, am I qualified to make this decision without any help? If I can't identify what the milestones at which I should be stopping to review and to assess our progress, maybe I need to relook at if I'm qualified to do this. Maybe I need to look at steps two and three. What specifically are we trying to do and where's our starting point? If I can't identify those two things, I probably won't be able to identify the milestones at which we should be stopping to assess our progress. In step four, what are the criteria upon we were making a decision or we made a decision? If I haven't done that, this identifying the milestones for us to stop and assess our progress also might be hard because if I don't know why we're doing this and what the criteria are for making a decision, I might not be able to tell what the milestones are at what point we should stop and to assess things. This is really critical. We do this before we roll things out. Again, we want to avoid that uh, emotional tension that will build up in ourselves if we, don't, if we don't declare we have a plan, we're going to do this and we're going to assess how well it's working at this point. There's time, spend, training, whatever, whatever that version is for you in the situation you're looking at. Again, if you're looking at increasing your um, close rate, you could just publish numbers once a week and say, hey, we're going to just every week, we're going we're gonna to publish numbers. And then at six weeks or eight weeks, 
we're going to assess how we've done and we're going to bring the team together and see if we ha- if our training is working, if we're making reasonable progress, or if we need to change something. If we don't do that, it's just more it's more difficult. We we just get these emotional, we either forget about it or we overcorrect. That's really what it comes down to. So that's step seven, uh, identifying the milestones for when we're going to assess uh, how well our plan is working. Step eight is we're actually going to implement the plan we selected. Now, this is pretty straightforward, but it's often rushed. Sometimes it's kind of done haphazardly. And there's six things that I would recommend, including when we roll out a plan, when we make an implementation. Again, we're let's say we're doing a new operational training or we're doing a new sales training. You know, we're, we're, again, great example, we're taking our close rate from 88% to 94%. Um, there's training that's involved in doing that. There's there's specific things we're going to do to, to to enhance our chances of this thing happening. So there's six questions that every process and procedure needs to cover, and that also needs to be covered when we implement this plan we're talking about. Again, whatever this initiative, whatever this endeavor is we're talking about, there's six questions we got to answer. And you learn these probably in second grade. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Anytime we roll something out, anytime we have a process, a procedure, those six questions have got to be answered. And in in upcoming episodes, we're going to spend a lot more time on that. So I'm not going to dwell on that a whole lot today. But as we implement whatever it is we're doing, those are the six questions we have to um, identify and cover. Step nine is actually to do the review that we talked about. We're going to review to make sure the plan is working. because We decided when we're going to do that in step seven. In step nine, we're actually going to do it. Now, this is probably, one again, one of the most skipped steps that most often leads to failure. This is the one where we don't we fail because we don't follow up and we don't follow through. So I open up this episode talking about the process improvement cycle. So if you've worked in manufacturing at all in the last 25 years, maybe 40 years, you've probably heard um, terms like process improvement, lean thinking, Kaizen, uh, quality uh, training, uh, the process improvement cycle is is as follows. Plan, do, check, act. Now, most people do. Some people plan. Few people act, or I'm sorry, check and act. So the plan, the first step is the plan. Like, what are we going to do? Okay, that's pretty self-explanatory. The do is pretty self-explanatory. We're going to implement whatever we planned. The next one is we're going to check the process, check the results, check the progress, check is what we said we're going to do working like we wanted it to. This is something that is most often skipped. And then we wonder why six months later, whatever it is we tried to fix has just gone back to the way we used to do it. And there's no no way of paying attention to it anymore. And we're right back basically where we started. This is why that happens. We don't review to make sure what we wanted to do worked to the degree we wanted it to work. We don't pick a time to do that, and therefore we just don't. And so this whole plan, do, check, act is something I would just recommend teaching your leadership team, teaching yourself, teaching your staff, teaching your employees. This is kind of how we have to do everything. Plan, do, check, act. You can just Google process improvement cycle. There's all kinds of great images that pop up, uh, great uh, little things you can post around the office, whatever. This is critical to teach people to to check and make sure what we wanted to do is actually working. Uh, you cannot hope to have consistent and sustained progress if you're not willing to review, inspect, check, and follow up. 
It's just not going to happen. It will happen sometimes. It's not going to happen consistently. This is one of those things that we can put in place to dramatically increase the chances that we're going to be successful with whatever decisions we make and whatever issues we roll out, whatever changes we make that are improvements we make and things like that. Same as step three, we don't want to speak in assumptions, absolutes, and generalities. We can't say things like, well, I told him to do it. I, I assume we're doing it that way because that's why I told him. Like, that's, that's just not going to work. We have to go in and actually measure what is happening. We have to actually assess and see if what we thought was going to happen is indeed happening. Uh, there's an old saying. Again, I'm not a big fan of, of cliches and things like that, but there's a handful that it really matter. And one of them is you have to inspect what you expect. If you want people to do things like you want them to do it, you have to check and make sure it's happening. If you roll out a plan with the anticipated result of going from 88% to 94% of your sales close rate, you have to once in a while measure and see if it's actually happening. See if the training you did worked. You know, we're going to do this for two months and we're going to see how it goes. If you go from 88% to 84%, then you know it's not working. Um, But we have to take the time to see what the progress is like, pull a team together, what's working, what's not working, what are the improvements we can make. If you don't train your leadership team and employees this habit of not reviewing, measuring, inspecting, and following up, they're just not going to do it. And one of the greatest things you can teach people is to do this review, to do this follow-up. One of the greatest complaints we have as employers is that our employees don't follow through, don't follow up. Let's teach them to do that. Let's show them when to do it. Let's show them how to do it. Let's show them that it matters to do this stuff. These are things that we can dramatically do, do to dramatically help our company be more successful, help our teams be, our, our employees be more successful, and have them want to help us drive improvements. One of the things we complain about all the time as business owners is, I'm the only one who can make decisions around here. I'm the only one who can make improvements. Let's teach people how to do it, and they will. If we show them how to do it and what to do and when to do it, they were way more likely to do it because now they know how. That doesn't mean they're going to do it every single time, of course, but it's way more likely if we show them what we need to do. So once we've done the review, step nine, to make sure the plan is working, step 10 is pretty self-explanatory. Make whatever changes are necessary. And then we start the whole process over again. So if changes seem necessary, uh, reflect upon the criteria we made the decision on in step four. If the criteria has changed or the criteria, uh, priority of the criteria has changed, then let's make those adjustments and make those changes with confidence. And don't go resort back to hope and ego and overconfidence and all those kinds of things. Let's make the changes. Again, pick another date to us to review, to assess, and, the, and then that pro, that cycle just goes. That's the process improvement cycle. Um, plan, do, check, act. If we just memorize that, what's the plan? Implement it. Cover this the six questions. Review it. You know, identify when we're going to review it. Review it. Make changes as necessary. So, again, in the previous two episodes, we've covered step one. Objectively assess the qualifications of the decision maker. Are you qualified to make this decision on your own, or do you need some help? Sometimes you're going to overestimate. Sometimes you're going to under, underestimate your abilities. What's what's the objective truth? Let's figure that out. Step two, what is the desired outcome? Specifically, not generally. Specifically, what is the desired outcome? Smart goals. You know, we've all heard that term. This is where we implement smart goals. Step three, objectively assess where we are today. Don't skip this step. Where are we at? We're going to lose. We're going to, we need to get our weight down to 190. What do we weigh today? We want to have that. We want to have that sense of making progress. Do not shortchange your team from having that sense if you want them to buy into whatever you want them to do. Step four, determine the criteria decision we made upon. Step five, identify uh, available options. Uh, step, step six, weigh the options, make a decision. 
Step seven, before we implement, identify the milestones for which we will assess how well this plan is working. Those will be based on time, spend, training, whatever you want it to be. This is critical though. We got to identify why we decided on this milestone. If we don't do this, we're going to forget relevant factors. And as we just experience discomfort later and, and we get impatient and we see we're spending money or whatever, if we don't know the compelling reasons why we waited until a certain day to check and review, we're going to get, get impatient. We're going to make emotional decisions. Um, if we can't effectively do this, then I would say, see step one, are we qualified to make this decision? Steps two and three, what specifically are we trying to do? What's our starting point? If we haven't done those two steps, identifying when to stop and assess is going to be much more difficult. Or step four, if we haven't identified the criteria upon which we should make decisions, identifying when we should be stopping to assess things is going to be harder as well. Step eight, implement. This is pretty straightforward. We do this one uh, probably more naturally than any of them. But we got to cover the six questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Those things we got to make sure we cover as we prepare the documents to roll this out or whatever we're doing to roll out this initiative. Those are the things we have to make sure we cover. Step nine, review to make sure the plan is working. We decide when we're going to review. Now we're actually going to do the review. This is likely the second most skipped step. This is where we see from the process improvement cycle that people are most likely to, to not follow up, not follow through. And then six months later, we wonder why the improvement we rolled out or the endeavor or the initiative or whatever it is we rolled out fell flat. It's We're back to doing it the way we did in the old days, and we, we've lost sight of our improvement. This is one of the reasons why that happens. Again, same as step three, we don't want to speak in generalities, assumptions, or absolutes. You got to remember, you got to inspect what you expect. If you're, if you're not going to check and make sure things are happening the way we said they're going to, then we just have to accept that it's not likely to happen. And if you're okay with that, then that's okay. And you have to train your leadership team and employees this habit of not uh, of, of reviewing and measuring and inspecting and when to do it. Again, they're way more likely to do it if we teach them how to and when to. And then step 10, of course, is make whatever changes are necessary after your review. So I would say the homework for, for all everyone at this point is get familiar with what your process and your routine for decision-making is. It may not be the same as mine. You may have things that are way better than mine. I, this is just the one I like. This is one I've developed over... 30 years of, or 25 years of managing people. This is one that I've developed and, and have taught successfully to people. So get familiar with what your process is and just, you know, people have to understand that you have a process, whether you know what it is or not, and whether you use the same process every time, those, who knows, but there is a process you're following sometimes, um, sometimes the same, sometimes not maybe, but you're following your process for making decisions. If you identify the process you want to follow and make sure you follow that, you're just way more likely to make good decisions consistently and you're way less likely to make those drastic overcorrections. And what method do you want your, your team to follow? You've got to be able to trust your leadership team to make decisions. You have to trust, you have to teach them how to make decisions the way you want. So I'd say document the method you want to teach and talk about it often with your leadership team. This is something you guys got to all be on the same page on so you can trust them. You've got to be able to trust them so you can delegate decisions to get yourself free. So, that's it for this week, and that's it for this series. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, sharing this with your friends. If you have a friend or a colleague who's a business owner in the service industry, please take a moment and share this podcast with them, especially if they have a leadership team they're trying to develop. This last three uh, episodes here is a great training tool for how to teach people how to make decisions. That's not something that's often talked about in business coaching and business teaching and business books and things like that. But it's, it's tremendously uh, helpful in rolling out all kinds of things. So... Uh, if you had time to give us a rating review, we sure appreciate that. If you haven't, please take a moment, give us a rating, give us a review, subscribe, share all those good things that matter in podcasts. 
again thanks for uh, everything you've done so far as as far as doing those kinds of things i sure appreciate it and i hope you guys have a, a good week and i'll talk to you all next week <laughs>